It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, listen, they want me to say hello. Welcome to the James Well Best Bits of Tonight's show. I wish you can hear every night, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen. See what you think. Now, Anthony Brown, Conservative MP for South Cambridgeshire, uh, he worked with Boris at City Hall as his senior policy advisor. Uh, Anthony, good evening. Welcome to the show. Good evening. How do you think Boris is doing? Well, it is great to have him back. In fact, I can detect a sigh of relief from the whole country to have Prime Minister back in action. And as you say, providing leadership at a time when the country clearly needs it. And he, yeah. seemed, in, he seemed in good mood. Um, he does, and he's going to have to come out with some words of wisdom and assurance because there is a feeling uh, abroad. I mean, I can only talk for where I haven't really been. I better be careful what I say. Uh, around the county of Kent, where I live, that there are lots of people on the roads now that there weren't there before. I even heard some traffic reports saying there were queues on motorways. And the trains, more people on the trains coming in. And so we're going to have to do something about this, Anton. Not to, you know, we're going to have to make it easier yeah. for people. Uh, I noticed that the police heavy-handedness has, uh, if you could call it that, has been relaxed quite significantly, which I think is good. But I don't blame the police for that. I blame the fact that perhaps they weren't given the right direction. So I think you're absolutely right. We've got to get the balance right. And um, the most important thing is to make sure that we don't have a second peak, as you said earlier, as Boris said earlier, and nothing would knock confidence further than if we open the schools and then find out that the infection picks up again and then we have to close down the schools again. And just think what that would do to businesses. You know, if they can see a light at the end of the tunnel, if they know they can get through it, uh, then actually that will help them drive investments and know they can hang on and push forwards. But actually, if it stops, stop, stop, start, it would be disastrous. So the most important thing is make sure we don't have that second peak. But, mm. and this is what the, you know, the government are clearly thinking about, and they talked about it in the press conference this afternoon, uh, is just looking at what restrictions we can lift up, uh, you know, slowly and surely. And as you were saying, give people hope. Uh, make people know that there is an end to this, and it will come to an end at some point. But what we mustn't do is risk having a second outbreak of infection. How, um, how I'm just thinking ahead, because the Nightingale Hospital, particularly one in London, which is huge in the Excel Centre, now, eventually the Excel Centre will want to get back to doing what they do normally, won't they? <laughs> they will indeed. I've worked with them closely in the past. I mean, yeah. the, the, so it, it's actually a success story that the the Nightingale hospitals have been barely used because they were there, you planned for the worst and you hoped for the best. Mm. And actually the NHS has 
had the capacity largely to deal with the uh, coronavirus crisis. It's got enough intensive care beds, as you know, Matt Hancock was... We didn't have enough today. nurses at the Nightingale last week. They had to turn patients away in London. I'm not sure that's true. That, but, yeah, I'm, I heard that story. There's a few patients. But it's, uh, by and large, the uh, Nightingale hospitals have not been needed uh, because the hospitals have been able to cope. And that's, and that's a great, a great yeah. story. But still, we, we had to uh, build them. And you never know if things do get worse, and hopefully they won't. But we might need them uh, again in the future. The most important thing is giving people, uh, as you say, making sure that we stick with this lockdown for the time being, being patient. Mm. Uh, we know from the, the Spanish flu in, the, in 1918 that uh, uh, those places and those cities that sort of came out of lockdown soonest actually had the uh, worst economic uh, impact afterwards. Uh, and yeah. it's better just at this time, this po- moment of maximum risk, as Boris said, uh, is to be patient now. We can see we're at the peak, coming down past the peak, the new figures for uh, mortality today were, um, it's, you know, each one's a life and it's tragic, but they are coming down, it's going in the right direction, but we just need to be patient for a bit longer. But although that is a, a weekend figure and they usually go up, don't they? They do, yeah, absolutely, but it's, cl- but it's clearly a lot less. If, if you look at this Monday and Tuesday compared to last Monday and Tuesday, uh, it's still an awful lot less. Do so you think that, yeah. going, heading, heading in the right direction. Do you think they'll lower restrictions regionally rather than in just the whole countrywide? So I, I don't know. I know there are people who argue for that. I also know there's uh, difficulties with that in terms of enforcement, in terms of uh, communication, messaging. And one of the things that the, the government has said is one of the most effective tools they have is having a really clear, simple message. This is what uh, we need everyone to do. And that's why uh, we haven't actually needed that much enforcement. Some of you talked about the police, but we haven't had a, uh, a system like they have in France where you need to get a permit just to leave your home. They're very heavy-handed in uh, uh, enforcing that. And the public have been brilliant in complying with what they want. You know, very few uh, exceptions. Almost everyone has uh, done what is necessary and used common sense uh, and I mean, avoided situations which would lead to uh, greater infections. You see, one of the things I think people find a lot dif- difficult to understand... Um, a lot of f- friends and family who have been themselves in lockdown for the last five weeks, uh, I think, would now be very happy if they could go and meet other members of the friends and, and members of their family. Absolutely. And this was the first question from the public today to uh, Matt Hancock, from, uh, I'm sure you heard, uh, my grandmother, yeah. uh, saying when will she be allowed to uh, cuddle her grandchildren again? She misses it so much. And that is, yeah. we are all making an absolutely huge sacrifice here. Um, but again, it depends on the uh, the, the path of the uh, epidemic. You know, if the cases come down very quickly, then mm. uh, and, it, and we conquer this more quickly, then clearly uh, we can lift restrictions more quickly. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Professor George uh, Lomonosov. Uh, you try and say that. Lomonosov. Uh, virologist at the John Inns Centre. Uh, excuse our, uh, our playing around with your name, Professor. No, not at all. That's fine. <laughs> so, it, it, look, it looks very good on paper. It looks like Lemonosov. Oh, Lo- yes, or Blow Your Nose Off or something no. like that. Lomonosov. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a slightly different one. Yeah, you have to put the stress. It's a Russian name, so yeah. you have to put the stress yeah. on the penultimate syllable. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's fine. At least it's pronounced the way it's written. It gives you gravitas, yes. Professor Lomonosov. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's a good yeah. name. Yeah. That's a very, I won't forget that. When uh, I, I interview you next, yeah. I will remember that without any shadow of doubt. 
Yeah, no, no, that, that's good. You, you got me good there. Hmm. Um, anyway, listen, Professor, uh, what do you think Boris did mean when he said refining the lockdown? Yeah, I, well, I think he meant by that, and it would be a, a logical thing to do, would be to say selectively remove some of the restraints so that yeah. you can say, well, certain places, such as places of work, um, um, can actually open, provided the safety measures put in place, um, maybe building sites, um, and so not to have to have a very general lockdown. Now, I suppose in theory he could have meant different regions mm. uh, of the UK, but I, I suspect he didn't actually mean that, because that, I think that would be quite hard to do, because we're quite a relatively small country, and people would travel. But uh, we're not so travelling at the moment. People aren't leaving regions, are they? No, no. But, I mean, you'd have to somehow then make that. You know, this yeah. region is yeah. virus-free, and you mustn't ever go there yeah, if yeah. you've been from another region. It becomes very, yeah, very complicated to, yeah, to actually yeah. do it. I mean, there have been things in Australia, I've just heard, um, with this app, where you can try and you know, work out if you've been next to somebody who um, yes. has infected. Now, um, I don't know how that's going to work out. Um, of course, you're going to have to have good information about where the infection is. Um, so that you know that this actually means something. So that's going to have to go hand in hand. We've got this Bluetooth app thing, haven't we? Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. And the vital thing is, um, you know, that you know where the cases are, so you, you get yeah. the information yeah. in. Um, so that's going, to be, that's going to be interesting, I mean, using modern technology. Yeah. Um, mm. But also, you know, in a more sort of, uh, I suppose, sort of instinctive way, you can just think, well, there's certain things... If, you know, parks a bit more open, um, being able to go, you know, still, you know, keeping some of the social distancing, but gradually sort of uh, taking out some of the, the more sort of uh, yeah. um, drastic measures. Like being queues open, but garden centres aren't, which is a bit ridiculous. Oh, that's, yes, yeah. I don't quite see the, the yeah. difference. But, yeah. you know, I imagine yeah. garden centres might be something which does open. Yeah. Whereas yeah, they will. I fear things like pubs and restaurants might be one of the last yeah. because mm. of the sort of, you know, packing in element. To it. Well, I think that's really sad for the little independent restaurants and coffee shops. There are big chains, but the lot, you know, and I, I happen to have one with my, my son and his wife. And, you know, it's I've had it for 30 odd years. You can't get many more than 40 people in it. And uh, social distancing would be a bit of a problem. Um, and it is. I mean, it's a, it's a business that's sort of slowly built up, but it goes from week to week. And... A lot of these businesses are going to be lost. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's the sad thing. Now, some of them are able to adapt with, the, if it's possible, with sort of takeaway services. And I yeah, even well, know we're doing takeaway on a Friday and Saturday, yeah. 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 Um, and, and, and but that won't keep you going. No, no, it won't, I'm sure. Uh, most of the money must be for you know, in, in, in the shop or the, the cafe. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's, it is very sad. Um, and you hope some of them, you know, people will be able to get through and come out the other side. But you feel, well, some people might think that it's maybe not worth hanging on. So some may go sort of like that. Um, but, you know, it is going to have an effect. So, I mean, that's one of the, the reasons people don't want to keep the thing down unnecessarily. I mean, I, don't I mean, everybody... Problem. Sorry, Professor. Everybody's going on about testing and getting a, a vaccine. Mm -hmm. 
Do we need really? Everybody apparently wants to be tested. I don't want to be tested. I don't see what the use of the test is because you'd have to have it every week. We no. need the antibody test to see whether you've had it or not. Oh sure. yeah, well, I mean they, they're, they're not either or. They're actually yeah. the antibody test would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, there's nothing reliable at the moment. I mean yeah. that's the big problem. Yeah, you're quite right. I mean the, this PCR-based test. I mean it's incredibly important for diagnosis. Are you actually ill yeah. at the moment? And if you're going to use an app-based system, you're going to have to know where, you know, not, not every individual, but where sort of hot spots are. Mm. Um, so that, that's important for that because you're actually infectious at that point. Mm. Um, but the two are, you know, they complement each other beautifully, and you do want both. Um, but unfortunately, antibody tests are taking, you know, rather longer to refine than it was hoped. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Dr Alan Mendoza, Executive Director of the Henry Jackson Society. Uh, Alan, good evening. Welcome to the show. Good evening. Um, so, uh, so <laughs> should we all be grateful about this? Well, I don't think we should be grateful as such. It's not a question of, I think, of being grateful. I think it's um, a good thing they're slowly, very slowly moving into the 21st century. Um, and this is just the norm as we expect. The, the idea that they should get plaudits for this is, is not correct. However, at the same time, they're moving the right way. And that is something to uh, be positive about. And we've got to make sure that they move in the right way a lot quicker, a lot faster, and in a lot more depth so that we can actually see some real progress. Why do we uh, forgive Saudi Arabia almost anything, as far as I can see, just because of all the oil they have and the money they spend over here? I mean, they're over here. They behave appallingly. Well, you, well I mean, first you've got to you know, separate individuals out from, obviously, uh, from countries en, en masse. The, the reality is we've got problems with a number of countries who are partners of ours in various ways. Uh, you've mentioned the Saudi connection there, but you can look at other countries like China, uh, which have uh, you know, awful human rights records as well, but we are trade partners. Uh, we have problems separating the two, don't we? In some cases... Well, we do, easy. and I wonder why. Well, the, the, you know, it's kind of a simple equation because we're getting something from them, aren't we? Um, and that makes it difficult for us to speak truth to power, and that power is you know, dangling other things uh, to us. The reality is we should be much more confident about separating mm. values and being strong and upright on those issues. Aren't we as bad as them if we don't? do anything about it? No, I don't think we're as bad as them in the sense that we're obviously not committing the same crime. No. I think we should be putting pressure on them. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's not, it's not uh, acceptable uh, for us to sit back and go, well, that's all fine. Um, let's, uh, you know, let, let's take in the money or the oil or whatever it is and not comment on this. But I think actually, in one sense, the Saudis have moved because of the mess they made of the terrible Jamal Khashoggi yes. uh, case. <laughs> the, the reaction worldwide was so intense against yes. them. I think they felt they, they've had to do something and, and will continue mm. having to do things to get back into into good grace. Yes. Yeah, but the fact that they actually pretended they hadn't and it went right to the top of the country. I don't blame the people of Saudi Arabia for one minute. Uh, it's just some of the, uh, you know, you see around up where you used to, nobody's doing it anymore. Uh, them racing their uh, flash cars up and down Edgware Road. Do you remember, Ash? We used to sit and watch them at uh, one stage in our lives many years ago, and uh, doing all sorts of things. They were that, all they were uh, from you'd... Qatar. They were all of the, you know, from all over the Middle East. Yeah. They come because it's very hot. Uh, they come over here. Well, I don't care why they come, yeah. but they come over here, bring their cars over here, oh, yeah. and just you know, yeah. 
uh, behave in such a way that, that if we were to behave like that, yeah. we'd be And in, you can't get trouble, parking tickets we? with those number plates. They can't read them. They don't, can't put them in the computer. <laughs> but, I mean, it's interesting that King Salman's doing it, and it's not the prince, the crown prince, because King Salman's not very happy about how the prince has been behaving since the Khashoggi murder, has he? Well, I think there's certainly been, obviously, within Saudi Arabia, a lot of questions asked in the ruling family about what on earth uh, has been going on. Uh, with some of the uh, uh, foreign adventurism that we've uh, been seeing. And, and quite clearly, mm-hmm. uh, there have been moves to, uh, to to sort of smooth over the mess. And you're seeing some of this, I think, in, in as you say, statements that the king is doing this, not the crown prince, and, and yeah. things like that. But you see, it, it seems to me that we have turned a blind eye to all the things that varying Middle Eastern countries, you talked about Qatar as well, uh, are doing. Um, and we just, because, of course... Uh, we do benefit from some of the things we get from them, Um, we kind of turn a blind eye. Well, agreed. I think in the past we have been uh, far too nonchalant and far too careless about uh, closing our eyes to what's going on. But these things do matter Um, in various ways. If you look, for example, at the Saudi relationship over years, the Saudis have been obviously uh, trade partners, but at the same time for many years until very recently... They were pumping billions yeah. of dollars into exporting radical Islamic ideas, uh, which, mm. of course, come back to bite everyone who they exported them to. Yeah. Um, now, again, yeah. they promised to clean up on that. But it's been a case that this is you know, something that we should have been alive to, we should have been aware of, we should have been calling out, and we didn't do it for whatever reason. Yeah. And we, you see a direct impact upon us. And the same is true of human rights. If you don't take it seriously, um, then you can be as, you know, accused... As, as was said earlier, aren't we as bad as them? You don't really believe in these issues. What's really at the bottom of your, you know, your values chain here? The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Tickety boo from the bungalow. <laughs> we don't really need clothes anymore, do we? You know, we've got all the no, clothes we that we'll the, ever need. We need so. Well, you don't. You never uh, change uh, yours. Uh, now, uh, shush. Ash is going to be the uh, poster boy for this campaign. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 And he'll look rather good sitting there with a bowl of food and... um, Eating it, yeah. Best in evening radio from Nigel Howard. That was me doing a voice. Very good. It wasn't a very good one, was it? No, well, no, I'm not... I don't do Covidiacy, you know. I mean, I don't make barbecues. You don't do what? Covidiacy. The virtual stay-at-home cookbook. Listen to your current (laughs) design. (laughs) Maybe we should furlough Uh, our audience. What? Furlough, Furlough the audience. If you don't hear a tree falling, has it fallen? You know what I mean? It's a, it's bit a like very that, good point. Yeah. You ponder yeah. on that. that why, did you do, why did you decide that? So when that did you tonight? meet her, James? What? When did you meet her? I have never met Kylie Minogue, oh. as you oh, well great. know. That was uh, the clips for today, the worst of Whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening.